Let's read the entire psalm. It's, it's only 14 verses. That ought to be no problem at all after reading 50. You know, from, well, we read from Second Samuel 22, so there's 51, you know, there. But um, let's stand and we'll read from Psalm 19, beginning in verse number 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he hath set a tabernacle for the sun which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let's pray. Cohen, would you pray for us? I called on you earlier, but you weren't here. I don't know if you knew. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. Maybe seated. A couple of things Brother JT touched on this morning. One passage that he read If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That's all I can do. Um, I, I can't be John MacArthur. I can only minister the ability God's given me to minister. Y'all want to hear John MacArthur, y'all have to move out to California. You know, but, uh, <laughs> well, you can listen to him during the week, right, on, on the Internet. But, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody about that last night, as a matter of fact. Um, there, there are some people who don't have any choice but to listen online. There are some people that do have a choice and they still just listen online. And they ought to find themselves a church. They ought to find themselves a body of believers to meet with. Um, I mean, they're, they're missing something. They're, they're listening and they're receiving. There you go. Yeah. Let us not forsake. I kept thinking about that passage during the, the, the pandemic, right? Um, I kept thinking about that passage. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some, you know, is. But wherever two or three are gathered together, the Lord says there. There's a difference between hearing a message 
and I've, I've, I've missed conferences and I've had to listen to the recorded, you know, version. I'm glad that I was able to, but it would have been different. It would have been better, I think, to be there uh, if I could, but I couldn't, you know, so I had to listen to it. But just, just a side note, but... Um, Yeah. As you see the day approaching, yeah. How, more, how much more important uh, it will be as, as we find ourselves in more and more difficult, you know, situations. I mean, you, you think about just that person out there listening online and they're going through things. We just heard a message last night, didn't we, Donnie? Bear one another's burdens. Well, if you're not in an assembly, how are you going to do that? You know, how's somebody going to come alongside you and lift up, you know, that how can I help you? Um, you know, how can I aid you? How can I lift you up out of this place that you're in? Um, you know, we, we, we were, when the Lord sent the disciples out, he sent them out by twos, those, those 72 that went out. Um, I mean, I know there was times, you know, the Apostle Paul was wandering all around um, or going all about on those missionary journeys, sometimes on his own. But a lot of times, he had somebody with him. You know, Luke was there to record a, a lot of things that, that took place. And uh, um, so we were, and I'm sure Luke being a what? What was Luke? I'm sure Paul, some of the things he went through, he was glad Luke was there. Um, but um, it's kind of hard to doctor your back yourself uh, if you've received, you know, 40 stripes save one. Uh, that's a little difficult. But um, another thing Brother J.T. said this morning, he said, I think he said this. He said something made me think it if he didn't say it. He said, what are you leaning on? What are you leaning on? It better be Christ. As we see that day approaching, we're all going to be leaning upon the Lord. I mean, we can be a help to each other, but we're going to have to be leaning upon the Lord together. Uh, but just, just thinking about God chastening his own, what a mercy that is, isn't it? Um, I can look back now as a man to my formative years and to being brought up as a child in my father's household, and I can be glad that he was strict upon me. I can be glad that he instructed me. I can be glad that he cared where I was um, and what I was doing. Um, and I've told you before, he, he, these words came out of his mouth. Son, I'm just trying to keep you from going through some of the things that you otherwise would go through. Um, you, when, when I, but then I didn't understand. When I went through some things, I was like, now I know what he's talking about. Um, but what a judgment. The further thing I was thinking, brother, what a judgment to be left alone. What a judgment of God upon people to be left alone. Now, right, yeah, and we'll talk about that some in these first six verses. Um, let me read this to you first. Isaiah, well, I don't know, well, here, I'll do it. I don't have my phone, but sorry, Sister Delina. I've, I've got them here. I just haven't sent them. So there they go. So the verses of Scripture today that um, I'll be using. So Isaiah 40, verse 22, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. That makes Brother Bruce think. Yeah. <laughs> it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. I, I, I've got a curtain back here. I could go back there and I could close it and I could stretch it out. I mean, you think about the vastness of the universe and God stretched it out like a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. You know, the scripture says the heaven of heavens can't contain him. Uh, that's just, that'll make you think too, won't it? <laughs> uh, 
that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Reading all that to get here. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal? saith the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things. That fits, doesn't it, with where we are in Psalm 19. That bringeth out their host by number, he calleth them all by names. We haven't even seen them yet to be able to put a number or a name upon them. And they're not the names that God's given them. We know the son's the son because that's (laughs) here in Scripture, right? Um, so he calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might that's something that's an understatement for us I mean we just don't even understand for that he is strong in power not one faileth the sun it's still up there why is it still up there He holds all things together by the word of his power. That same word that spoke those things into existence, right? He holds all these things together by the word of his power. Not one faileth. So David says in the first verse, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. It's observable, right? It can be seen. Now, if you have eyes to see, you see more. You know, heaven above is softer blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's uh, some more of those uh, East Texas uh, sayings, right? Um, yeah, it'll, that's most everybody. Um, I mean, I tell you what, even if you're sitting in the house, I mean, we're here in this building, you look at them windows, it's shining through. I can see it back through there in the fellowship hall. I can even see it through the front doors. <laughs> it's shining through. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's, it's observable, seeable, knowable. Even, even the person without physical eyes to see can feel the heat thereof you know even upon their skin but this creation that God has made is is trumpeting it's not just whispering that there's a God no it's trumpeting forth loudly every day I mean, you get down towards the end of these verses that we're looking at, and the sun's coming forth as, as a bridegroom or as a strong man, you know, about to run a race. I mean, every morning, it's, it's, it's on, Daniel, it's on the starting blocks. Every morning, it's ready to take off across the sky, just blaze across the sky and show forth the glory of God. But again, we're in a place where we see, you know, David using the heavens. Because I know we're talking about the stars, but he, but he says the heavens also. We want to think about the heavens. There's how many? There's three. So the first is the sky above, right? The second would be the starry heavens. That's the way I'd like to define it. I mean, this is exactly what you're saying, but the starry heavens. And then there's a third that David's not really referring to here, but yeah, the heaven of heavens. Uh, Paul talked about it as being a third heaven, you know, that he was caught up into, um, <clears throat> saw things, heard things rather, that were unutterable, um, you know, as it were. But there's, there's, there's these heavens above us. So David, again, is using the heavens as he's used before in previous Psalms. You know, at one point we were going along and talking, and David was, was using the night sky. And we talked about the fact that in the city... There's the lights and you can't see. But in David's day, when the lights went out, the heavens were greatly visible. They were the only lights in the sky, the moon and the stars, you know, above. So David doesn't say heaven singular, but he says the heavens. The heavens, plural, declare the glory of God. 
the sky above and the starry heavens above that. So those things were observable to David. They're observable to us. They've been observable to every generation. They will be observable to every generation that is yet to come if the Lord tarries. They declare and show forth the glory of God with such a majesty and splendor that man has to turn a blind eye or suppress the truth, as Romans 1 talks about, right? Has to suppress it. A deaf ear to ignore uh, the glory of God. You know, I was thinking about that and, 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 and man doing that, sinful man doing that, and you, you, you see Stephen before he was stoned. And he's, he's declaring all these things, and he's, he's, it says that in Acts 7, 54, it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed upon him with their teeth. Doesn't mean necessarily they went over and started biting on him like that four-year-old the other day that took a hunk of skin off a teacher at Rebecca's school. Um, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, they were just you know, gnashing their teeth. Like, I can't believe he's saying, uh, but no, I'm going to stone him. I'm going to throw stones at him is what they're thinking in their minds. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly up into heaven and saw the glory of God. Yeah, the glory of God's on display every day. But he looked up into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And what did they do? They cried with a loud voice, and they stopped their ears, whether you want to do it like that or you want to do it like this. And they ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. In other words, they were suppressing the truth. Just like Romans 1. They were suppressing the truth. Romans 1.28 says, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, not fit, unbecoming. Um, Scripture's nicely saying, you know, something that would be difficult for us to describe in polite company, right? But in the 20th verse, he says, The invisible things, this is Romans 1.20, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. They're clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. This is what David's telling us. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. What about that man over there in Mongolia? What about that man over there in Africa? He's without excuse. He is without excuse. People can try to use that argument. And I, was, I think I mentioned this to some of you. If I can remember exactly what the, what the pastor said, but he was talking about that you know, from the Armenian point of view, if the gospel goes, you know, forth, you know, they'll hear it and, 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 and believe, you know. We know if the gospel goes forth, most of the people aren't going to believe. But he was talking about the fact that if, if, if that's what it amounts to, is that the gospel hasn't made it there yet, okay? And so if the gospel hasn't made it there yet, and that since they haven't heard, they're not responsible, you know, is the argument, uh, and if they're going to go to heaven without the gospel, then we better not send missionaries over there. Yeah, we better not send missionaries over there or they're going to hear and then they're going to be responsible, right? You know, but that's not the case. What we have right here declares the glory of God, makes men responsible before God. I mean, what, here's this light they've been given. What are they doing with it? why would God give them any more? What are they going to do with that? Twist it, suppress it, don't want to retain it in their minds, trample it underfoot, right? So here they've been given this, this light. What have they done with it? They've, they've suppressed it. They've suppressed it. So it says in verse number 21, we already said in verse 20 that they're without excuse because that when they knew God, I mean, what is all this for? All this that we're looking around, you know, what, what are those legs and arms, you know, for, Danny, that you have? Um, you know, what, what, are, what are these eyes and ears and mouth, you know, what are, what are they for? Um, they neither glorified him as God, nor were they thankful. How thankful are we? 
And here you are this morning. How thankful are you? Hey, the sun came up again this morning. How thankful are you? Hey, we got some rain yesterday. How thankful are you? You know, how thankful are you? Um, so it says that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I mean, we've got all these theories about how things came into being, right? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So here's that judgment. God gave them up. Gave them up to uncleanness. They saw, they knew, they suppressed. Sinful man does not want to retain the knowledge of God. He's at enmity with God, isn't he? He's an enemy of God. If they acknowledge that God is, then they must acknowledge that they are accountable to God. So they're going to suppress that truth. They're going to sweep it aside. They're going to come up with some other sort of a theory, and they're going to choose to believe that instead of the truth. Yeah, philosopher, fool, officers, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, So the sky above, whether we're talking about the daytime or the nighttime, is declaring the glory of God. You know, man can seek to explain it away, but that doesn't change the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar, right? That's what the Scripture says. They suppress it with their theories. The more they discover, though, the more they find out they don't know. Um, God's glory just continues to shine. Here's their theories, and it continues to shine through. Kind of like that door back there. You know, it ought to be solid, but it's got some cracks. And there's this stuff, there's sun shining through. Dad said something to me several times. Don't you think, well, I'll change that door? I'm thinking, that door's been there a long time. I kind of like that old door, you know. Um, one day he'll probably change it, though. Uh, but um, God's glory continues to shine through. Just like you think about the clouds. It could be an overcast day. But the sun still shines through. I'm not talking about breaks in the cloud. I'm talking about even through the canopy of the clouds where there's not a break. The sun still shines through. It's still shining even if it's blocked. Yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, man might try to hide himself from that glory that's shining. Just like Adam and Eve took the fig leaves, you know, try to hide themselves. But Hebrews 4.13 says this, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He sees us, and his glory shines upon us. And we have eyes to see, but sinful man is not in a position where he is not you know, going to be judged. He can't say, I did not know. I did not see. I did not hear. I did not understand. If he didn't understand, then he wouldn't seek to suppress. Why are you going to suppress something that you don't understand? Uh, Why would you suppress the truth if it wasn't, you know, the truth? If you didn't know it was the truth. So Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? You you see what what I'm talking about here. God sees, but his glory is shining through to those places that men are trying to hide themselves. Um, His glory continues to shine through and poke holes through all of their theories. You know, and in the recesses of their mind, that truth that they've suppressed is still there. And on occasion, there'll be one that denied God all of his life. And then he gets to the end and he had all these colleagues you know, and they were all, you know, yes, that's right. You know, they were fist bumping and all this kind of stuff. You know, and then it gets to the end of his life, and he's like, this isn't true. All this that I've, that, that I've, that I've spoken about and I've, I've, I've theorized about, it's not God is God. And the Lord converts him, and then all those buddies that he had, they're, he's ostracized um, because he believes there is a God. He says, do I not feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? 
Deuteronomy 10.14, Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God, the earth also with all that therein is. Just like that sun shining through, God's glory, it's, it's shining through everywhere all over the face of the earth. None will be able to charge God without knowing. None will be able to say, I did not see your glory being declared because Scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God. And when we get further in, it says there's, there's, not, there's not a place. You know, we get further down to five and six, there's not a place that it doesn't shine. There are lines going out through all the earth, through every age. So they can seek to cover up their theories, or the truth with their theories, but God's there, and deep down, they have to suppress the truth. When you're speaking to someone who's denying the existence of God, they've suppressed the truth. Just understand that and know that as you're talking to them, they're lying to you. They're lying to themselves, uh, denying God. They know there is a God. Verse number two says, Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. Not a day goes by. Day unto day, right? Day by day and with each passing moment. You know, there, there, there's the sun. It continues to shine. You know, there's the moon and the stars. They continue, you know, to be there. <clears throat> Not a day goes by apart from this knowledge of God's glory being put on display. You know, right now, car dealerships are displaying, you know, the latest models. You know, maybe they're up on one of those, you know, racks where you can see it as you drive by. Or maybe like, you know, yesterday we were driving, you know, there, um, I got what, what were we on? I guess 99, there was a Carvana I don't even know anything about those. It's like a car dispensing uh, vending machine. You know, I guess you pay for it and go up there and it elevator brings it down. And, you know, I don't know. I've never done it, but I've seen commercials that looks like, they make it look like that. But they're displaying. But that won't be there, you know, for long. I mean, a year, you know, maybe, and it's gone. You know, that car is not always going to be there. It's gone. Um, we could talk about it in lots of other ways. You know, maybe, you know, Danny, you walk by the, the trophy case, you know, there, that's not always going to be there. You know, there, there are schools, you know, uh, that, you know, all those years, you know, maybe that's a school that's had lots of championships. I don't know. Maybe they take down the guys that, you know, won the championship back in 1945, you know, and now they put up the ones that are in 2023. It's gone. You know, the glory of man, it, it, it fades, you know, uh, but not this glory, not this glory. I mean, we, we know of people, uh, and, and, and their careers, and they were, um, you know, maybe a, a, an athlete or, you know, some other kind of career, and, and if they, they shine for a time. They're like a shooting star that goes across and fades. But this glory, this glory doesn't fade. Uh, this glory doesn't change. It continues the same day after day after day. So day unto day uttereth, and look how he puts it in poetic form. You know, we're talking about just the sun's coming up every day. But he says, day unto day uttereth speech. Not an audible voice, but God's glory is being put on display. And night unto night showeth knowledge. Um, so not a day goes by apart from the knowledge of the glory of God being put on display. You know, what man has done, like I said, has his day. But this has been since the first moment that God said, let there be light. This has continued. What, what, what else is like that? You know, you know God says, who are you going to liken me unto? Uh, what, what about the, the, the paintings that Michelangelo or, uh, you know, or, or the, the, the models of, of Da Vinci or, you know, those things? Yeah, there's pictures and stuff, but the, you know, the glory of those things had their day. They had their day. They're, they're, they're having to go into the Sistine Chapel. And they're having to repair. What God's done doesn't need to be repaired. You know, it continues day after day after day. Night unto night continues to witness of him. Nation upon nation, generation following generation, century after century, men have seen it. The heavens have continued to declare the glory of God. And there's coming a day when men will have to confess, I saw your glory and I suppressed it. None will be able to charge him and say, well, in my day it wasn't seen. You know, the, the sun was dark during that time. No. 
They won't be able to say that. All will become guilty before God. There was light to be seen, and they suppressed it. So God's communicated his glory and his power in a universal language. I don't know whatever language they speak in Mongolia. What is that, Cohen? Is it Mongolian? I wasn't sure. I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to sound stupid. You know. But I don't know that language. You know, I don't know Mandarin. Um, you know, I, I don't know other languages. If they had to depend upon me, how would I? How would I communicate with them the glory and power of God? But here God has, in every language, declared you know, his glory. He's communicated his glory in a universal language by his creation. He has left none without a witness. None. None without a witness. He's caused his rain to fall and his sun to shine upon the man that returns. Thanks unto God and says, Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful for your mercy that, that you caused the sun to shine. Because there wouldn't be life without it, would there? And the rain to fall. So he causes that to happen upon the man who returns thanks, and he causes that to happen upon the man who is cursing God because of the sun that's beaten down upon his back. He's fed them and clothed them from heaven. From heaven. Were you going to say something, brother? Yeah, that's something that comes on the day of Pentecost. Yep. Right. In their own language, yeah. Yeah, God's spoken in every man's language uh, with, with the glory of his creation, absolutely. I was reading something this week along these lines by Alistair Begg. He said, whether it's daytime or nighttime, the majesty of God's works declare his creative power. In fact, he says, day to day, and this is the word he uses, pours out speech, pours out. Every day pours out this speech like a fountain that never stops, like a river that never runs dry. Every day, day by day, as man looks up into the vastness of the created order, God speaks, and he speaks continually. And when the nighttime comes and when the moon rises in the sky and when the stars shine, he says, then David realizes that there are more things in heaven and on earth that declare God's glory. You know, we can go back, like I said, and look at like Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4, where David says, when I consider thy heavens. So there was a point in David's day that day that he was just lying out there. An, an uncle of mine who used to pastor here when he was a kid, you know what a bar ditch is, right? There's just a ditch out there. There's a ditch like out in front of the house here. He'd go out there and lay in the, I don't know why he laid in the ditch, but he'd lay in that ditch and he'd look up into the heavens and just wonder. You know. Um, but this is what David's doing here. He said, consider, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers. Isn't that a, isn't that a, a, a neat way to think about it? Because, it, I mean, I know God didn't just take his fingers and, you know, we take water sometimes while flinging each other's faces, right? You know, be in the kitchen sink and somebody walks by and, you know, they're like, where'd that come from? Uh, but God didn't just fling the stars, you know, out. and He spoke them into existence. But for us to be able to understand, his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth, right? Yeah. Well, that would be weird, wouldn't it? God's eyeballs just running around everywhere. You know, uh, but that's just for us to be able to understand. The work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I mean, you look at the vastness of everything. You look at the entire universe and our, our little galaxy and then our little speck of dust, as it were, that we, that we live on. What is man that thou art mindful of him? But this knowledge is being poured out and poured out continually. Verse 3 says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And we've already talked about that, haven't we? A, a universal flood or pouring forth of God's glory in every language. Distant lands. This general re revelation comes, right? To every land it comes to. Declaring God as glorious. 
God is glorious in a language that all can understand. I mean, the question has to come to mind to every man, how did this get here? This is, this is too perfect. You know, how did this form? Um, even, even on a sin-cursed earth, I mean, you pick up a flower, and, 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 and that's used, isn't it, in the Gospels? Um, you know, the Lord talks about, you know, Solomon and all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these, you know. Uh, consider the lilies, he says. Uh, but man has to look at those things and say, this all just didn't appear. That just wouldn't, that's not possible. Um, this thing just, just didn't grow on their own and evolve on their own. They've got to suppress the truth to think those things, don't they? Jeremiah ten twelve says, He hath made the earth by his power. Just speaking. He made the earth by his power. Holds it all together by the word of his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. Isaiah 45, 6, That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is none else. So no matter what man uh, or where man is on the hemisphere, God's glory is seen. He says in verse number four, their line has gone out into all the earth. So David begins to use the sun here. And their words to the end of the world, in them he hath set a tabernacle uh, for the sun. Psalm 104, 19 says, he appointed the moon for seasons and the sun. Listen to what he says. The sun knoweth his going down. God did that. The sun knows his rising and the sun knows is going down. It, 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 it continues in that circuit. The sun knows. God says, sun, go forth. And the sun travels across the sky. You know, in daytime here, nighttime on the other side of the earth. And it rolls back around, you know, again. It continues in the vastness of the sky, rising and setting, constantly and consistently by the command of God. I mean, the roosters at my house declare it's coming every morning. They know it's coming before it gets there. And they're already cranking up, you know. Yeah. Um, and when there were, I don't know, how many did we have at one time? Was there about 20? Yeah. We had about 20 at one time, uh, or close to it. And you'd hear, if they could get away with it, now, the one that was ruling the roost, he didn't want any of the rest of them crowing. And he'd walk, and one of them would start, and he'd start at him, and he'd stop. <laughs> like, you know, that one, he's like, you're not going to steal my glory. You just, you keep over, you hush. You know, that's my job. Um, but they, they declare. Um, but, but not once. Not once. I mean, that rooster started to crow, and that other one charged him, and he stopped, you know. But not once has the son said, I'm not getting up today. Right? It's by the command of God that it continues. Now, by the command of God, it stopped too, right? In Joshua's day, stood still, right? And then you think about on the day that our Lord was crucified, it was dark all over the face of the earth. Um, Amos 8 verse 9 says, And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon. That's how Amos put it. You know, what, what the gospel writers talked about it being dark over the face of the earth at that time. Amos says that God says, I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. Isn't that something? Well, verse number five, David says that the sun coming forth is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Um, you know, in that day, you know, the, there would be several people that would go along and, and go to where the bridegroom was, and he would come out of his chamber, and, and then, you know, they would, they would be a procession. We've got a real short procession these days, don't we? Uh, the bridegroom's already standing there, and the bride, you know, comes down. Very short procession, you know, but this was a much longer, you know, thing that took place. But then he also uses the example of a strong man 
to run a race. You know, this bridegroom coming forth rejoicing as a strong man to run a race. Well, imagine in our day, you know, we've got these thematic scenes, you know, that they use all of the, 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 the Hollywood, you know, glitz and glamour and technology to be able to do things. But, you know, imagine here's the bridegroom coming out in this best, you know, tuxedo. You know, and maybe they, they slow down the frames, you know, as they, as they pan here and pan there, you know. Um, but we've got this sort of a, and there's probably an epic, you know, soundtrack you know, that's going along with it. Um, but, you know, here we, we kind of get an idea of what, what David would have seen in his day. I mean, I know that we have technology, you know, that's beyond, uh, you know, the, but, but there was such rejoicing in that day. Um, there was rejoicing on the bridegroom's part. There was rejoicing on the bride's part. There was a rejoicing in the, in the bridal party. You know, that, that went to retrieve the groom and that, that went to retrieve the, the, the bride and, and, and all this, you know, comes together. And there's so much um, joy and rejoicing, you know, that's, that's there. But it's, but it's like, the, like I said before, you know, I was talking, bringing the point up, you know, to Danny, you know, because he's, 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 he's playing sports. And it's like, you know, there's that man running, you know, the race. He's on the starting block and there's the sun, you know, coming forth declaring, the glory of God. They're new every morning, aren't they? God's mercies. New every morning. That's what Lamentations, you know, three talks about. The sun continues each day. The glory and the majesty of God trumping it forth. Coming out as a strong man to run a race across the sky. You know, I've gotten up every day for, you know, 40 years and gone to work. Or close to 40 years. I say every day. There's been days that I haven't, you know, been able to. You know, whether it's a gout attack or I had the flu or, you know, whatever the case may be, that's not the case with the sun. I mean, there's not a sick day, you know. Uh, Every day continues in that circuit. Hasn't failed in my lifetime. Hasn't failed in any of the other lifetimes before me. Not going to fail in any of the lifetimes to come. Hasn't failed to come forth each day to declare the glory of God as he's commanded it to do. It says in verse number six that his going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing that is hidden from the heat thereof. It's really a, a, a fantastic thing. You know, David didn't have these calculations that we do. But think about the fact that the sun is 93 million miles away. My tape measure doesn't reach that far. <laughs> it's 35 feet and that's it, you know. Um, but, I mean, 93 million miles. And without its energy, he's talking about the heat thereof here. Without its energy, like we said before, there would be no life, right? There would be no life. As we know, it wouldn't exist upon the face of the earth. The sun is where it is every day because God has ordained that it be there. And it's a glorious reminder of his power and a glorious reminder of his glory and his majesty. Not one of us has not benefited from the glory that God has created in the sun. And God's not the sun. This is just, you know, I think, remember Moses, show me your glory. I mean, that, that's just a little bit of God's glory. I mean, the flowers of the field, that's just a little bit of God's glory. I have not seen, right, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man, those things that God had prepared for them that love him. I mean, that's, it, that, that, that's the third heaven, right? That's the heaven of heavens. Here, just in this heaven, though, it's just, it's enough. None of us here have not benefited from God's goodness and mercy sending forth the sun and the rain upon the just and the unjust. So what do we say? Man's responsible, right? All men are responsible. All men are held guilty, you know, before God because they've refused, if they have, refused the voice of this witness so that we can say this, this witness is enough that David's talking about here. 
This witness is enough to damn a man for all eternity. Isn't that incredible to think about? It's not the only witness that God's given, right? But this witness by itself is enough. It is enough, but it's not the only witness that God's given. We know that he's given the witness of his word, and that's what we'll see in the second half, right, of this psalm. He's also given the witness of a conscience, hasn't he? I mean, a conscience you know, tells a man, I mean, we can, what is it in Romans um, chapter number 2? I don't know if I have that in my notes or not, where Paul talks about that. Um, but the Gentiles don't have the law. The law unto itself. They, they, they know. I mean, they, they kill. They know it's wrong. Uh, they murder. They know it's wrong. They steal. They know it's wrong. They covet. They know it's wrong. Um, so man is responsible. We would never have found out God by searching for him. The scripture tells us that too. But God hasn't left us without a witness. He has declared himself unto us. He's not been silent, in other words, right? Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. We're seeing and we're hearing, right? The breath of God's mouth. He spoke the sun and the lights and the stars and the moon, the planets, everything into existence. We're hearing what God has spoken by the breath of his mouth every day it testifies unto us. What would the, what would the, uh, the sailors have done without you know, the stars you know, to be able to guide them? How would they have circumnavigated you know, the globe? fixed points that don't change, that God has created, that God has ordained, that God said, you stay right there and you don't move, right? Psalm 136 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, that's what we're talking about, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, like the sun. I don't remember all the calculations, but I think one man said that if, and, and this is just what I've read, I, don't, I can't confirm this for you. I'm not, you know, uh, I don't have a doctorate, you know, in that sort of thing, but not that I have one in anything else, but, but <laughs> he was talking about if the light of the sun went out, it would be like eight and a half minutes before we would know it. I don't understand that, but I mean, I do, but then again, I don't. Um, you know, you wonder at that. And then I forget what he said about some of the distant, you know, stars, you know, how many years it would be if that went out before we would, because it takes, they're that far away, you know, that it takes that light that long to get here, you know, before we would know it. Um, pretty incredible. Um, so to him that made great lights for his mercy endureth forever. The sun, he says, to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever. What do he say? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for all these things. For his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 148, verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Isn't that what David's talking about? Praise ye him, sun and moon. The heavens declare the glory of God. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heaven of heavens. 
and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded. He commanded, and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. This is our God, right? What a God we have. Made these things. They continue. They don't alter in course. They are constant, consistent. They, they, have, they don't change just like God does not. He's commanded them. He doesn't change. He's commanded them to do the things they're doing. Well, Psalm 113, verse 3 says this, From the rising of the sun, can you finish it? Unto the going down of the same. What's the rest of it? Hmm? From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. We see these things. What are they for? Glorify Him. Praise Him. Glorify Him. Honor Him. Um, and yet, with all of its glory, man seeks to suppress and will not praise and will not glorify, even though it's testifying every day, will not praise and will not glorify. But for us, Hebrews 11.3, through faith, we understand, right? That the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Isn't that incredible to think about? We've talked about that. Out of nothing. I mean, it wasn't, I, if I built this, I would start with materials, right? I would have a board, and I would cut it, and I would shape it, and I would fashion it, and I would finish it, right? Nail it together, screw it together, whatever. Put, put a coat of finish on it and complete it. God didn't start with a board. He spoke it into existence out of nothing. He spoke and it was done. Like I said earlier, for us, the earth around, you know, the sky above is softer blue. The earth around is sweeter green. Something lives, right, in every you, which is a color, that Christless eyes have never seen, right? He is worthy of our wonder. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our praise. He's created all these things. I was listening to one preacher this week, and he was talking about some theory out there that all of this came from an egg. I mean, that's just, wow, an egg. You know, a cosmic egg. You know, you crack that egg and everything, you know. <laughs> and he said, if that's the case, then he said, we need to be worshiping that egg, you know. You know, um, I got cracked. Now, what kind of God is that? Yeah. <laughs> no. And he said some other things, and I'm trying to remember them. Um, you know, people talking about instead of God being sovereign, you know, and 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 all these things are according to His divine, you know, sovereignty. He said, if it's if it's if it's fate, he said this: we ought to be singing. Amazing fate, how sweet the sound, you know. So he had some other things he said, but you get the point, you know. <laughs> well, his point was, those aren't the case. God made these things, and if He made these things, He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of it. We see His glory. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our praise. Uh, he's worthy of our thanks. Um, he's worthy of these things. Um, well, amen. Is he worthy? What would you say, Danny? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think they know either, Danny, so we don't have to worry about it. Um, I, I think their, their idea probably is the stars and everything just poured out. You know, and whatever, yeah, yeah. So whatever cosmic ooze, you know, that we may have been, you know, created from, you know, was came forth from this egg. Um, you know, some 
Somebody that started to see what that, what that really is, though, it's Romans 1, 2. Because they worship the creature instead of the creator, right? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. They, they still have a big, the cosmic chicken, yeah, so now we've got something else. Um, but uh, they worship the creature instead of the creator who is glorious forever people talk about what are we going to be, what are we going to be doing in heaven what are we going to do there we're going to be praising him glorifying him you know serving him in praises and glory i don't know what else i know that's going to be going on i don't know what all else may be going on yeah yeah i mean here's some of these people talking about playing golf and stuff i'm like i, I don't know about that <laughs> you know I, i'm not real concerned about that um, I, di- I didn't really, I played golf for a long time. I didn't really ever find it that glorious. It, 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 can't, it can't compare. I, I don't really think it fits into eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor is entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. You know, I don't think it fits. But if there's a golf course there, I'll be fine with it. You know, um, just, I'm not concerned about whether or not I get to play golf in heaven. Um, Right, it'd be boring. We've talked about that before, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that we, we will be lost, as the hymn writer says, in wonder, love, and praise. If you think about that bridegroom, I told you I was going to stop. Y'all keep saying stuff, I'll keep going. But you think about that bridegroom. I know the day that I looked at her. We were standing up there at that altar. I, I was lost. And the wonder, you know, of, of the love that God had, had given unto me, um, just in her. You know, and you think about the sun and the moon and the stars. I mean, that's, we, that's glorious. And, and, and we can, I, I'm, I'm kind of like my uncle at times. I'll, I'll look up there on a clear night. I mean, you see all those stars? I mean, it's something. I mean, if we stop long enough, we're so busy. We stop long enough to look up there and see that. We'll be lost in wonder, love, and praise. That that God who did that thought of me. You know, what is man that thou art mindful of him? That he, that he redeemed me? That he saved me? That he revealed himself unto me? You know, in a saving way? Um, what, a, what a glory. Um, you know, and, and, and I'll be able to glory perfectly. You know, we want to think about being able to do something perfectly. Being able to glory perfectly, knowing as we are known, uh, seeing him as he is, uh, being able to do that thing that, that, that Moses desired to do, to be able to behold him in all of his glory, in all of his splendor, you know, to be able to behold him. What a day, truly, as the hymn writer says, that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, right? We go on, I mean, what a, what a glory that will be. Uh, I, I wish you could all be, if you aren't, and you're just not showing it outwardly, I wish you could all be like my mom right now. Um, you know, I know it's probably the medicine somewhat that does that to her, but, but she's over there in tears. You know, as we're thinking about these things, and what a day, that we ought to all be in tears. We ought to all be rejoicing in tears over what the Lord has done for us, right? We should be. We should be. Well, Lord, help us to see more and more of His glory in everything around us. I've told you before how that we would go to work. We'd drive to work, and I'd be behind the wheel. Usually Mom's sitting in the passenger seat, and she'd look out there and say, Look at that. She was just glorying in something that God had done. You know, whether it was the birds that had come down, you know, uh, you know, south for the winter or they were going north or it was trees and, you know, Proby was doing that yesterday. She said, look at those trees. They're so beautiful, you know. Um, but I won't talk about your trees. But <laughs> they only, only they know about that. You can ask Teresa about it later. But, but um, you know, I'd be so caught up in my day already. I hadn't even got to work yet that I wouldn't really be able to enjoy 
what she was enjoying. I know my eyes need to be on the road too, you know, but, but um, you know, I would, I'd feel bad because she's over there rejoicing in those things and, you know, I wasn't able to rejoice as, and like, Lord, I should be rejoicing more. Um, and we should be uh, all the time. Wait, isn't that a verse? Rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice, rejoice. Uh, your, your salvation is drawing nigh. You can rejoice in that. And the world around you, there's people at work that may not be able to rejoice in that. But you can rejoice in that. Oh, that our cup would overflow upon them and that they would see our joy in the Lord and that they might ask the hope, a reason, the hope that's in us, uh, that we might be such. Um, well, we have a hymn. I don't, is it this it here, Lydia? Did you put it up here? Is this it? 181 in the black book. Uh, 181 in the hymns of grace. If I remember what this is, it's something to glory in. 181. Let's stand and we'll sing. And after we sing this hymn, uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. I asked Dad if you'd if you'd pray for us after we sing. And